0: Gonna get into the Word of God, yeah. If you have a, a Bible today, you're gonna need it, um, or a device that has the Bible on it, because the projector will not give you what you're looking for. Uh, so uh, get those things out. It's always so good to be able to look at the Word, anyways. So um, even if it's if it's on a device, um, you can open. We're just gonna have two main passages we're gonna look at. If you want to get there, you can open up to Mark 3 is the first one. Um, yeah. I've been, uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've shared the word, so I'm excited to share with you. Uh, I've been asking the Lord, what are you saying? What do you want to speak to us? It's been great though, um, kind of taking a backseat in certain different ways. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, Marvin preached. That was so good. Um, he's actually, um, Meredith mentioned it, but he's doing a Bible mania. You've heard him talk about that, where a group of people hole up in a house or someplace for three days and just read the Bible straight 24-7. They start in Genesis and in Revelation. They break a couple times for worship, but people take three-hour shifts. Uh, in couples and do that. So so proud of of him and them for for doing that. Uh, Meredith actually drove down, left early to be with us and lead worship, and did an amazing job wherever she is. Oh, she's in the nursery. God bless Meredith. Uh, She was doing the 4 a.m. to 7 shifts, so she's probably uh, needing that coffee, serving Jesus with us. Aren't aren't we glad to have people who love the Lord like that? but so yeah, taking the backseat the last couple of weeks uh, with Marvin sharing and then Aunt, my friends Andy McKenzie sharing. I hope you downloaded the God Speaks app and started using it. Um, I, uh, I'm really, really proud of them, what they're doing, and I love using the app. But uh, it gave me a chance to, and then we had the potluck last week. It was so fun um, to observe us in a different way. Um, and I am so proud of our spiritual family. Um, I really am. I, I think there's... A lot of ways we can easily see that we need to grow <laughs> spiritually and numerically. Someone this morning goes, "Yeah, I had to be here early to get my seat." I uh, said, so "Amen, prophesy." Uh, but uh, we're we're growing. Always room to grow in the Lord, right? If you're if, if you're not growing, you're probably not alive, uh, you know. So I'm I'm excited for that. But I'm really proud of us because I feel like if I wanted to boil down what I've observed about us um, as a spiritual family, as we love God, and we are learning to love one another. And there's a lot of things you can excel at as a church, as a spiritual family, but I think the metric God uses is love. Amen? <laughs> that was real quiet there for a sec. Uh, are we reading the same Jesus? Uh, I'm not against other things, though if would be good and great at, but if we can excel in love, I know that God is smiling. Amen? Um, So today's message is half family talk and half, like, I think the Lord calling us back to true north. Um, That wasn't my intro. That was just, like, the overflow of my heart. Um, (laughs) um, But the family talk part is, like, we're in a very interesting space in our world and our culture right now, okay? Um, If you're aware. Uh, And I just want to be honest, too. Like, there's this whole, like, vacuum of no one sitting in this section. It's it's like, where? Hi. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) It's just like, I I figured it was temporary, but this is really weird. There's something super sacred about, I don't know, but uh, (laughs) that's right. Come Lord. Come Lord. Uh, We're living in an interesting season of history right now. uh, Would you agree? Um, there's great things and there's not great things. And uh, that's really the way it should look as we near the return of the Lord. Phrase that may ring a bell. The great and terrible day of the Lord. And, and uh, we've talked about the end times. We're not talking about the end times today. Um, but there, there's an increase of wickedness that the Bible talks about and, more importantly, an increase of God's glory and righteousness in the earth. And I believe we are seeing both. Um, I believe we're seeing days like most of us in the room have, have not experienced before. Um, and I want to start with what I think is the most exciting. Is I think there is a lot of people, and we've talked about this before, um, statistics and studies even reflecting the reality that people today, many people in our own culture, are hungry to know the real Jesus. They're hungry to know the real Jesus. The interesting piece of that is they may not be so interested in what the church has to offer. Um, and that raises an important question, why? <laughs> have, they, have they not seen Jesus? What has made us maybe irrelevant to them? But that, that's not the, the main point of what I'm saying is there is a hunger for Jesus and even the fact that we're sort of in a post-post-Christian kind of culture right now, I think is one of the reasons why. And if you hadn't thought about that before, I'm just alerting you. I'm tapping you on the shoulder. And what do I mean by that? It's like it's no longer normal, in America, that everyone living and breathing our air knows who Jesus is. That's wild. But it, it, it means there's an incredible opportunity and in hunger. We think, oh man, where are we going? We're going to a place where people need to know what you know. That's where we are. They need to hear what you think everybody knows, because they don't. If you, especially if you grew up in church in some way, shape, or form. And I sort of did. I mean, I got saved at eight in my grandmother's church. My family didn't go to church, but I met Jesus. And I grew up with awareness of him. But that is not the reality for many, many, many people anymore. And so there's a hunger there. That's why people are hungry. Who is Jesus? Who is this guy? Because it is still threaded throughout our culture in some ways. You know, you take a, a college-level English course. You have to learn about what are all these, like, symbols they're referencing, you know? <laughs> What's David and Goliath? What's the flood? Like, all these things that are historical fact, but they're part of our faith history. And so people, I think, longing to know what has tried, what, what some forces have tried to remove from our culture. And you know what? You get to bring the answer. You get to bring Jesus. Um, related to that, um, in just kind of the air that we're breathing, I think um, the church, Christianity in, in our nation, used to carry a level of respect, honor, social capital is a phrase that some people use. Um, but it doesn't carry so much social capital anymore. And some would say that even persecution is, is on the rise for, for those who want to follow the Lord and adhere to the Word of God. And I'd say there are hints of that. Um, nobody's telling me what to preach yet, so we're, we're good. We're pretty good. Um, but it's good to be aware And obviously, the one that most people would think of first when I say, hey, things are crazy in our world, is that traditional sort of Judeo-Christian values are no longer assumed in in our culture. Um, I was listening to a podcast this week. I I listened to quite a few. I'll just say that part. Um, um, This guy was... uh, a cross-cultural minister, or you might call him a missionary, for many, many years in China. And if you've been around, you may have heard about the underground church, and China has just been exponentially growing over the last couple decades. Um, and, the, and part of it um, is because he would say, they would say, is because it became organic. It was uncontrolled. It was underground. There was massive persecution um, for, for many, many moons, and then there was less. There's, there still is quite a bit. But um, so the... The Chinese church has been one of the, like the nation of China, the church that is in that nation has been growing probably faster than almost anywhere in the world. Although I think Iran has them beat today. There's some great stories there too. I'm not talking about that. But I was listening to this and he was talking about the the cultural climate in China. He said, actually, you know, there have been, it was, there's new persecutions are arising and some in the church are actually glad. So my ears were pricked. Uh, He's like, because some felt that being a Christian in China had become too easy. And that persecution has a way of purifying and purging those who claim to follow Jesus. And that made me think about us. Has it become too easy to follow Jesus? Or say you follow Jesus? In American culture, when there's been so much um, traditionally, you know, in our values, when there's been so much social honor and clout for uh, those who claim to follow Jesus, maybe it's become too easy. And maybe if there is pressure on us in this moment, it's a gift. To bring us back to the true north. And to, in a way, purify us and purge us to the place of Truly following Jesus. And I, that's what I want to talk about today is following Jesus. It sounds so simple, but I think it's so, 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 so very important. Um, yeah, I was going to mention one other thing but, about just things going on, but let's get to following Jesus. That is the message today. Um, again, if you have a Bible, you're going to need it or a device to look at these things. We're going to start in uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 3. And I think the call of the Lord in this season is the same as it was Jesus when Jesus started his earthly ministry. And it was, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I, I just hear the voice of the Lord continuing to say that. And um, I've heard it said this way in terms of what I was just saying. Then we're going to pray. Salvation, the gifts of God are free And they are because they're fully paid for by the blood of Jesus. But to truly follow Jesus will cost you everything. Let's pray as we get into the word. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness, for the testimonies shared today of all your good goodness, your presence, your power at work within us. We ask now as we look to your word that it would be alive to us, that your Holy Spirit would give us revelation, that you would uh, transform us and conform us into the image of your son Jesus and make us look like you in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're in Mark chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 13. I'm going to read just three verses, Mark thir- 13 to 15. And uh, context, this is Jesus has come out of the w- wilderness. He went in the wilderness to be tested by the devil uh, for 40 days. He comes out, it says, in the power of the Spirit. And now he's going to call to himself his disciples. So Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 13, says this, Jesus went up on a mountainside. And called to himself, called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He called them, they came. And he appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. All right, and I'm highlighting phrases on purpose, because we're about to talk about it. I'm gonna read it one more time. Jesus went up on the hillside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. And that's where it all began. That's where we're going to stop reading for now. You can sit there. We're going to look at one more main passage. I'll be referencing several scriptures, but one more main passage, simply looking at how Jesus called His disciples to follow Him. Now, if I didn't make this part clear already, that's you too. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a believer, um, that's you. He's calling you to follow Him. So what we see first is that it's a calling and a coming. And I assume if you're here on a Sunday morning that most of us, in one way or another, at some point in time in our lives, heard Jesus call and we responded. Otherwise, you're hungry to know more, and that's why you're here. But otherwise, that's, that's where you are. That you heard the call to follow, and you said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But I just want to say that again to understand that there is a response needed. That just because Jesus calls doesn't mean you followed. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And that there's a drawing near to him, and to leave all else behind to follow him. Amen. So there's a calling, and they came to him. And then he appointed them. But the idea is that it's not a a spectatorship to follow Jesus. Even the term Christian can become troubling to us because it speaks of an ideology. It speaks of a religious religious structure. But I want to talk about following Jesus because that's where it started. Jesus started by calling followers, not instituting Christianity on the earth. Are you okay with me saying it that way? Um, That he called them to follow, not to watch him, not to, to, it's not a show. He didn't call them just to accept an ideology and plug it into their brains, and now I'm going to think like a Christian. (laughs) He said, follow me, okay? It's, It's a come and follow him. So to follow him isn't just to believe, it's to be with him where he is. And so you may identify, and many do identify, and and I know I'm using a loaded term, (laughs) identify as Christians, but the question Jesus would ask is, are you walking with him in true submission and true friendship? That's what it looks like. Following Jesus then, what does it look like? He called them to him, they came. He called them to follow, and he said for these purposes, to be with him, to be sent to preach, and to cast out demons. Have you ever heard it just put so plainly before? Because it's just right there in black and white. <laughs> so the primary call, and, and since we don't have cool, I made, I made a PowerPoint that you can't see. <laughs> you, you can't see it today. Um, you might actually want to take notes today. Um, the primary call and desire that Jesus had for his followers was that they would be with him. And we talked about this today, didn't we? The intimacy of the Lord. That we would experience what it means to truly be with him, aware of him, dwelling in friendship and fellowship with him at all times. That's it. That is the it. That we learn to be with him, to love him, to spend time with him. You know, even at the end of his ministry in John 17, we see Jesus praying the same thing. He prays a lot of things, but in the middle of that prayer, he, it's just him talking to the Father, but they were listening in. And he's like, Father, I desire that they would be with me where I am. So in case you had this idea that well, it was just for them, they got to hang out with Jesus. But no, he's about to leave. And his prayer was still, my desire is that they would be with me where I am. And let me tell you, when you know him, the desire is in our hearts too is like, Jesus, I just want to be with you. Now, in some ways, that's a call and a draw. And we talk about, I just want to be with Jesus in heaven. But I just want to tell you that wasn't all that he was talking about. Not just like a one day over there in the, the by and by. It's a everyday being with him where he is. And when you've truly been touched by him and loved by him, that's the cry of your heart too. Jesus, I just want to be with you. And in the temporal, that can look like a million different things. Where are you, Jesus? What are you doing right now? Let me just get where you are. But in the eternal, it does draw us. Lord Jesus, come back. Lord Jesus, I, I hate the tension of the fact that it's not your kingdom on earth yet in fullness. It's both and, but it means Jesus. Where he is, the most important thing to me is I want to be where he is. But he can be in a lot of different places, even like the love song, the song of songs talks about, you know, the, the beloved was looking for a lover and he, she wasn't where she thought he was, she, he was out in the streets. Sometimes you follow Jesus, sometimes you find Jesus in the streets. Sometimes you find him meeting the poor. Sometimes you're finding him in the gathering of his people, like this. He shows up in the secret place you got to look for him sometimes sometimes you, jesus where are you what are you doing being with jesus can sometimes mean going to places uh, and doing things that aren't comfortable but we do it because we love him because we know he loves us and why we want to be with him wherever he is let's not get the idea that being with jesus always feels good i like it when it does i love the presence of god like this morning that felt really good but sometimes being with jesus is uncomfortable a little scary takes some faith takes some obedience so if the feel good is our gauge of what it is to be with jesus that's a wrong gauge it's the wrong metric all right so following jesus means being with him following jesus what else he chose them to be with him and that they would preach. Oh, that you too. If you're a follower of Jesus, not just the guys with the microphones, not just the people on the platform. It doesn't, when he said that, it wasn't about that. When he was saying they chose them to preach, it, what we think of, you immediately think someone with a microphone, someone on the a, on a video, someone on a, on a stage. He just meant someone who would proclaim the truth. That, if you look at the Greek word, that's literally what it is. It means to either proclaim or to herald something, to be a herald of a message. And he was calling them to be heralds of him. They'd be messengers with one message, and it's Jesus. So it means now you get to be with him, and your life becomes an amplification of him, an amplification of Jesus. And as Francis of Assisi said, if necessary use words words are necessary let's let's be clear um, but sometimes it's we got to know that it's more than that but i just want to say it's both he called you to be with him so that your life would proclaim him to those around you whatever your platform is wherever you are when you're at home when you're with your neighbors when you're at the store when you're at work you are a preacher of jesus did you know it doesn't need a bullhorn or a poster card. It does, it's just you. It's just your presence in that place is Jesus' opportunity to speak to someone and to be to Jesus to someone. Is this making sense? You, you become his beacon of light. Because Jesus ascended to heaven, gave you his spirit. He, he's walking around. People don't see him. They see you. They get to see you, and so they get to see Jesus shining through you when you're following him. Amen? So he called them to be with them, to preach, and this is kind of wild to me that this one's in here, but there it is, to cast out demons. I'm just not going to even apologize for it, because right there it is. He's called you and me, followers of Jesus, just remember to keep putting your name in there, to cast out demons. Now, I think that can mean, he said he gave them authority to cast out demons, because you can't do it on your own. Please don't try. But you have authority from Jesus. To do that, but I think it looks like way more than just kind of shouting at someone who you think is demonically oppressed and trying to tell a demon to do something. Like, that's part of it, and Jesus did that. It's in his ministry. But I think we ought to start first with us, because some of us have our own demons. Some of us still have darkness and sin in our own lives, and Jesus is giving you as a follower of his authority to cast it out of your own life first. And we do. We need to. We need to be aware of it. Before we think we're going to go casting the devil out of anything or anyone else, we need to make sure his work is out of us. Amen? You have authority for that. So we walk in the authority of Jesus against the work of darkness in our world and in our life. What does that mean? It means, first, don't make friends with demons. Don't make friends with darkness. (laughs) Um, And to be clear, when we're talking about this, we're not talking about people. Our wrestle is against spiritual forces, not against human beings. Ever. You know, we're never fighting people in a spiritual battle. We're fighting the, the spiritual powers that may be driving them. But our job with human beings is simple. Love people. Like Jesus loved them. And with spirits of darkness, then start with you. Don't tolerate sin or evil in your heart, own heart. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, cast, cast that out. Um, and then when you encounter works of darkness, know that you have authority. Instead of, I need to be afraid. A lot of people get afraid when they think devil's up to something, and especially if you start talking about demons are doing something. It's like, whoa. Like somehow those demons are bigger than the Jesus in you? No. Never have been, never will be. Uh, they're created beings. He's uncreated. And that spirit of the uncreated God is in you. So it's not like a a, you know, a battle of equal wills at all. When there's darkness at work, when there's demons that show up, Jesus is just so much bigger. So, 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 so much bigger that there's no fear in it. And maybe we just need to understand part of following him. Well, I like the things that feel good. I like being with him. I like following him. I like hearing his voice. Good. You need to like that you have authority in Jesus to kick demons out. When you see them at work, in your family, in your workplace, wherever they are. Just get comfortable with the fact that's part of following Jesus. And you know what? They are real. Demons are real. You know, I've been on... You always hear the the stories of, and I was talking to my friend actually who's a pastor in the area. He's originally from Africa. Um, Where is he from? The Congo. And he's now pastoring in uh, South Lansing. You guys met him here once, Pastor Eric. Amazing dude. He's coming back. I'm prophesying. He's gonna come back uh, and speak here sometime because he's amazing. And I, I've asked him, had several conversations, and tell me about the difference you've seen here. He said, and a lot of what, was, what I was referencing with persecution, like, well, you, there's no I'm kind of Christian. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> you know, you, you don't claim to be a Christian and not live for Jesus. It's just, like, too costly at the end of the day. Um, but so many other things. I said, well, I've heard, like, there's lots more spiritual activity going on. He said, well, I think people, whether in light and darkness in Africa, have awareness that there is a spiritual realm. Nobody has to convince them of the power of light or the power of darkness because they've all seen it. Like, it's been very on display, and so when people come to Jesus, there's always, you have to kick out the demons, especially if they've been worshiping other gods, you know, and these things like that. So they're very aware of that, and I've been on different missions trips to different places, though not quite like that, and I remember being in places where you could sense, like, something dark was going on, and I remember praying through, like, this really terrible area in the city in Mexico we were on, and we did this prayer walk, and as you walk, you're just, like, asking the Lord to give you insight, and I mean, just sensing the presence of darkness, we'd pray against it, you know? and things like that. Um, And then I remember coming back one time a few years ago, and I I was like, well, why don't we do that here? We should prayer walk here. And so uh, I'll say to my shame, I haven't done it in a while. I do anytime I walk in my neighborhood. But um, I was back here after a mission trip. I'm like, well, we should prayer walk these neighborhoods around our church. Uh, So I went out, and I was in one of the neighborhoods neighboring here, and I'm just walking through. I'm like, wow, this is so much different. You know, it's just... uh, it's, you know, and I'm praying, and I'm like, Lord, give me a sense of what you're doing. Like, how do I know how to pray? How do I invite your kingdom to come? Because everything just seems so much nicer here. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit kind of whisper to my heart, and he said, you know, the same demons are here. They just have really prettier faces. You know, because I'm walking among these houses that are really nice houses with manicured lawns and, you know, the, the landscaping's, you know, Im- impeccable and all the things, but behind those very pretty faces are still demons of abuse And addiction and um, false religion. And people are just as bound in our beautiful suburban neighborhoods as they are in the countryside of Africa. Did you know that? And Jesus has given us as followers authority to cast that out, to invite His kingdom to come. So don't be fooled by pretty faces. Um, Devil doesn't hide, I mean, the devil's not absent just because it doesn't look ugly on the surface. You hear what I'm saying? Um, and so he wants to call us to walk in that authority to cast out demons. And now this is taking way longer than I expected to share all this, so there might be a part two. Let's look at our second scripture and, and see where we can land today. Uh, Matthew chapter 4. Again, this is the same story, different author. Don't you love how the gospels give you a different perspectives? So this is Matthew's take on what it looked like when Jesus first called his disciples. Remember, that's what we're reading about follow him. Matthew chapter 4, and again, I love that you're all turning there, so I'll give you a second, or to look it up in your um, Bible app. Highly recommend Bible apps. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. And again, you probably heard these stories again, but zero in. What does this look like to follow Jesus? What, What did it look like? How did he call them? As Jesus was walking, I'm reading it now, verse 18, beside the Sea of Galilee he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. and their father, and followed him. We're going to stop there. Interesting theme here, right? He called them to follow him. But here we have a different part of the story. These guys are fishermen. They're casting their nets. Um, They're doing what they're supposed to do, right? They're fishermen. They're giving their time, their energy to this occupation, making their money, doing what they needed to, to make a living, but you get the sense, or I got the sense, as I was reading this, asking the Lord for re- revelation, that this was just their, the whole of their identity. This is who we are. This is what we do, which is the truth for most people, right? If they don't know Jesus, their identity is in what they do and how they make money. And I'm just going to give myself wholeheartedly to this thing because I don't have anything else to, to live for. In the middle of their living and identifying and giving all their time and energy and talent and finding identity in this occupation of this world, Jesus calls them and says, hey, hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers, fishers of men. I'll help you, another version says, fish for people. Now you would stop and say, well, does that mean then that Jesus says, we don't need to work for a living, we shouldn't have an occupation, we shouldn't work hard? No, of course people should. (laughs) That's not what this is talking about. It's where Jesus is calling us to find a higher purpose, a higher identity, and even to take maybe the skills and passions we have and see them kingdom-infused, right? These are fishermen. He said, you're going to fish for something more. So He didn't call them out of that. And Jesus gives us occupation. He provides for us, you know, through our occupation so that we can have bread to eat, food, house to live in. I mean, it it is the way of the Lord. So don't get the wrong point (laughs) in your zeal to follow Jesus, Well, he means he's calling us higher to something, to, to not be a slave to money or a slave to our identity and our occupation, but to follow him. To be, as Paul would say, a slave to righteousness or a bond servant of Christ. To have a higher vision for what is our greatest work in this life. Is this making sense? To find our identity as his. You know, and so when he said to follow me, they, they would have understood in, in, in this culture, this ancient culture, uh, ancient Jewish culture, that he is as a rabbi calling them to be his disciples, right? Come follow me means it's an invitation for them to become like him. Like, that's what the the disciples would do with any rabbi of the day. You were chosen, first of all. You couldn't just say, hey, can I follow you? That wasn't usually the way it happened. They would come choose you. And once you did, your whole life was given to one thing, becoming like them. So much so that they would try to follow the rabbi so closely, literally, when he's walking and walk just like he walks, like literally, and have the same voice inflections, doing the same teachings that the rabbi did. Like it was literally a call to imitate me, call, be like me. We have to hear that, right? We don't think that way as Americans. Like I'll follow Jesus, I'll do it my way. I'll do it like me. And Jesus says, come follow me. Copy my ways, my way of walking, my way of talking, but really I would say my way of being. Come be with me. Come be like me. And so following Jesus, originally you would have had these like, and we're not going to get through them all. There's nine points of what following Jesus looks like. We've covered three. Being with him. <laughs> being with him. Being called to preach. Casting out demons. Fourth is called to be a fisherman. And uh, we're probably going to wrap up here soon in a minute. But uh, called to be a fisherman. You know, Why? Why is that, what does that mean? Why is that important to being with Jesus and being like Jesus? Well, because there's nothing God cares more about than human souls. Nothing. Not money, not politics, not, you name it. God so loved the world, loved, that he gave for us. It was for us, it was to get us. There's nothing God cares about more than human souls. That's how he loves you. That's why he calls you. You were made for him. He didn't live, he didn't give himself for a cause. He gave himself for you. you understanding where I'm going, right? He didn't pour out his love to make any other statement other than I love. So, of course, following Jesus would mean being a fisher of men, because that's what he was, coming to save souls. <laughs> and so following Jesus will lead you to people. It will lead you to people. It will lead you to love people. It will lead you to show and share God's love with people, sometimes in very general ways sometimes in very specific ways. And uh, I want to share just a story recently. This is highlighted to me. And a lot of, for us, following Jesus is being with him, being in his word, spending time with him, becoming like him, but then learning to be attuned to his voice and to obey the nudgings of his spirit. Because that's how you will know. Where should I go? What should I do? Where are you right now? What are you doing, Jesus? And, And the still small voice on the inside, because you've been with him, you spend time with him; he's your friend. You're in his word. You you have an idea of what he kind of sounds like. Now, I just say that that way on purpose. It's like I know this is Jesus, probably not, but you have an idea of what he kind of sounds like. And so, like, if you sort of hear the whispers, I think that could be Jesus. Then you take a step in that direction. So, this um, at the end of this past school year, I. Um, I drop off my daughters every day, and I have this habit that I, I stop before I go anywhere else, and I pray for the school. Um, so I'm there every morning. And so the last couple of weeks, there was this one parent, another dad, that I would see every, every day, and I just felt like I noticed him. I'm like, why? why do we, I don't know this dude. I don't care about this dude, <laughs> like honestly. Um, like, why do I we keep, well, maybe it's Jesus. And so I start praying for him. Lord bless that guy. Help him. It's not easy being a dad. I know. Um, you know, so I'm just praying for him. And then it's like almost the end of school. And I feel like, I'm like, is that it? I'm praying for this guy. Like, maybe I should be friends with this guy. Um, And the Lord starts talking to me about him. He's like, I want to tell you what's going on with this guy. And so I'm like, whoa. And so I start praying for him. And I feel like the Lord gives me a word. And so it's like the last week of school. And I never see him. We keep crossing past. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to see him. Uh, So I uh, sat down the night before the last day of school. And I typed it all out. Because I knew his car by now. (laughs) so creepy, right? This really happened. And so I type out the whole word for this guy. I'm like, if I don't see him, he's going to hear from Jesus. Um, And we'll see what happens. I'll just trust you, Lord. And so I prayed through it, typed it out, sealed up an envelope, put it on his car. Uh, Didn't see him. But I left my contact info uh, with a caveat. Look, this is weird. You don't want to talk to me. I'm good. You know, if this sounds wacko, if it's not the Lord... Throw it in the garbage. Like, put all that in there, right? Um, so he contacts me later that day. Um, he said, "You will, this is my name. I didn't even know his name. You will not believe how much what you wrote meant to me. Here's why. And, uh, so the message that was in it was like, God's with you. He's for you. He's championing you as a father. Um, like, it was very strong in that way, which I'm like, that would be encouraged. Somebody write that to me, please. You know, but to him, he said, so many days ago, um, I had an accusation come. They're saying they might take my kids away from me. I feel like I'm all alone. Like, it was like arrows to his heart. He's like, actually, when I found your envelope, I thought it was a subpoena to court. <sighs> um, but it was a word from the Lord. And uh, so it spoke right to his need. And it is what? Jesus saying, I'm with you. I care about you. And what's really cool, then we talked on the phone later, um, is... Uh, just hearing his story that he's had a lot go on as we all have but understands he's really been away from the Lord and maybe had that feeling that some of us have in seasons where we doubt that maybe God's not with me maybe God's not for me but then some stranger steps out following Jesus and you can't deny that God is with you and for you even if you haven't been walking with him such a powerful thing, and it's still in process. Um, I'm excited to see, but there have been breakthroughs already. Um, the accusations were proved false. He's gonna um, have a hearing in a couple weeks to get custody back. Um, yeah, him and his ex-wife are split. Obviously, didn't say that part, um, but yeah, so God has already shown up in ways and, and and I even said when we first talked, I'm like, look, I really believe God's speaking to you. He wants to know you're with him and you're for him. But look, I don't want you to get the idea that somehow because you got this great encouragement from the Lord that everything is going to work out the way you want it to. I'm, I don't want to make any promises on behalf of God. Like I was like, because what if it doesn't? You know what I mean? I can't guarantee. But like one, two, three things keep happening. He's like, you'll never guess what happened. you never guess what happened. And so I'm like, well, maybe you should start, it's clear that God's, for you. He's with you. He's speaking to you. Maybe you want to think about being friends with Jesus again. (laughs) Uh, He's like, yeah, I just don't know how to do that. So we've had some really cool conversations. Um, And I could share share some other stories to you, but Jesus will lead you to people, someones, who need to know that God's for them, that he's with them, that he loves them. Just be obedient to the nudge. Um, Okay, one more quick story, um, and then I'll wrap up. Um, And then I had a dream, which is unique for me. I want dreams. I pray God give me dreams. And I had one. Did you notice I deleted all the negative stuff I wanted to say in the middle of that? (laughs) I had one uh, last week, um, and it was real short, as they tend to be, but there was this person I haven't seen in a long, long time who used to be a part of the youth group I pastored here as a part of this church. Um, And uh, I was like, that's weird. That's random why am I having a dream about this person? But again, because I want dreams and I ask God for dreams all the time, my assumption is it's from the Lord. And literally the dream was like 30 seconds. Nothing phenomenal happened in the dream. There was no message. All I know is this person was in it. I'm like, let's reach out to this person. And uh, the only way I have to reach out is through uh, Facebook. So I went into Facebook Messenger because I'm friends with this person. And I find there in Facebook a, a message from 2020 what a year, um, where this person had sent me a really tough question, and I didn't respond. Because I remember, at the time, I'm like, whoa. Um, I didn't want to respond in haste. I wanted to take time and think about it, and then I forgot. And so I left this person on red, as kids say, for three years, and it was a it was a deep, tough question about me, my leadership, how I'd interacted with this person in a very tough time. And there I left it like that. And I felt terrible. And, uh, but I'm also glad for the sovereignty of God because I think I, would, I answered today differently than I would have three years ago. Because um, it, it, I remember it feeling very accusatory and like a trap at the time. But I saw it much differently because lo and behold, I think God's changed me in the last three years. How about you? Um, <laughs> uh, so I had a response for this person and uh, just apologized profusely. One of their questions was, do you think you would have handled, and again, it, was, it, it felt accusatory, but would you have handled that situation the same way today as you did back then? And uh, I could clearly and easily tell this person, no, I was young, I was trying my best, and here's my intention. I was trying to love you. I wanted to show you how valuable and worthy you are, but I didn't do a good job. And if I had the chance to do it over, I would do it different. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for that, and forgive me for leaving you on red for three years. <laughs> um, and then it was like the dam broke open of, oh, no worries at all. It's all water under the bridge. Everything you know, you've know you ever been to me when I was a kid and now has shown me the love of Jesus. But it was a restored relationship and a repaired thing because even though they wanted to say, oh, it's water under the bridge, for them to come at me the way they did said no. This was a pain, a pain point and an accusation probably at Jesus, probably at the church, and the Lord had to give me a dream to get me to go back and give him the opportunity to speak to it to heal it, to touch it, to show this person how loved, how cared for they are by him. Um, I want to encourage you in, uh, to follow Jesus, to be aware of his promptings, aware of his leadings, and to step out in faith to be a fisher of men, to love on somebody in the name of Jesus. Let's stand. Um, we'll have a part two at some point. Uh, I was really aiming today to end early so that I could take time to pray with anyone that wants it. I'll still do it. Um, But I was like, man, if I close the service, say I'll pray for people, all the parents of kids are going to run out um, and get their kids because they got to go. And so here's where I'm going to make my offer. I I believe that many of us need a release of the voice of the Lord over our lives. And um, so I really felt an invitation For me to pray and really to prophesy over any individual that wants it. Um, And just as a way to open up uh, the word of the Lord over your life. And anyone else who wants to join me in prayer, you know who you are, please come. Um, But I am going to close the service because we are over time. You've been very patient. Um, And I'm going to pray for us that we follow Jesus. And then we'll put the music on and all the things. But if you would like that, I would love, I will stay as long as people want prayer um, and I will be listening to the Lord for any of you that want, want the Lord to speak over your life. And maybe you have stuff going on that you need the word of the Lord to speak into. I'll say two things. Come give prayer, but two, he may not speak to what you want him to speak to. <laughs> I don't get to tell Jesus what to say, um, but he'll tell you what you need to hear. Let's come before him. Jesus, thank you that you love us, that you loved us first, that you call us to yourself uh, again and again and again and again. And I pray, God, that you would, by your spirit, cause even today in this moment to be a bringing us back to true north of following you, because you know the days that lie ahead better than we do. We just want to be with you. In the days that lie ahead. And we want to walk with you in the days that lie ahead. Lord, I pray that we would be true followers of Jesus who are with you, who preach, and who cast out demons in your name. If that's what you want of us, let it be all of us. May we be true imitators of the Lord Jesus Christ, that our lives would shine, Jesus shine. God, in any distractions, would be cast off, any ways we've idolatized idolatized our our worth in other things or found our identity in things that are lesser than following you, Lord, let today be a reset. And if you're in this place and the Lord pricked your heart in that way, would you just respond to him right now and say, Lord, I cast off that stuff and I say today I want to follow you. Now, I think everyone in the room has done that once before, but if you haven't, please do that. But it wouldn't hurt all of us in the room to say, Jesus, I love you because you first loved me. Help me by the Holy Spirit to be a genuine, true blue follower of you today and all the days of my life. And if that's your heart, just tell the Lord and we're going to say amen. And I'm going to bless you as we always do. We're going to put on music. We'll pray for anyone who wants prayer.